0: welcome to the Empty Promises podcast with co-host Jason Pridmore. Yes. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Um, it's after Christmas, Jason, and we thought we were going to get a podcast done Christmas time, but we didn't quite get it done. So now it's after Christmas, and how was your holiday, dude?
1: It's great. It was super chill. Just mom and I uh, hung out. Cole came up uh, for, for Christmas like he does every year, but it was uh, it's just been really chill, and I think that it, you know, we took a week off. It was good to take a week off, anyways, just to kind of get recharged. And this one's not going to be very long, but it was. It's good to just say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody before the new year starts.
0: Yeah, everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, New Year's. You know, you yeah. may be wow. listening to this right before or right after. We hope you have a great New Year's Eve and can party up. Or if you're old people like us, you know, you, you go to bed at 10. ten and you wake <laughs> up and it's the new year.
1: <laughs> no, you'll be you'll be playing video games well through well through the new year. I'm assuming.
0: I might be. There's been some nights where I've been up at yeah. two o'clock. In no, the I know playing. because
1: when I get text messages from you and it's eleven o'clock at night, my time, I yeah. know you're not in the gym, so I know that uh, for sure. So,
0: and most of that is because like all my friends are on the West Coast, and yeah, so totally, like people jump on at eight o'clock and it's eleven, and I'm like going like this. The next thing you know, Josh Aaron's on or whatever, right. and they're like, let's go, let's go have some. That fun. That was like I mean, us
1: during COVID though, like hundred percent. You're on there with yeah. all of us from the West Coast, and yeah, ten o'clock, we're like it's the last game and. Two o'clock in the morning. This is the last game. So, yeah. I
0: know. I know, dude. And I, it's so funny because you know I live on the East Coast. You know I love the East Coast. But there's so much of me that should be out a here. West Coaster. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's 100%. no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, Well, listen. Welcome, everyone, to the Greg's Garage Pod with Coach Jason Pridmore presented by Bike911.com. We know there's a new year upon you. If you have some legal issues and you're looking to really hit reset on the new year, make sure you check out Bike911.com. Uh Alex Asante is a buddy of ours. He's a great attorney. If you need some help, there's some contracts coming up. I know there's a lot of movement, Jay, in, wow. in Moto America there is right now. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on that we are looking forward to talking about. And you know, Daytona seems like right around the corner. I mean, it's what two and a half months away, it's basically. Just,
1: it's insane, and it's always like as soon as January first hits. I remember as a writer, it was always like, "Well, Anaheim one's going to happen," and mm-hmm. it's like another reason why we're doing the podcast today. But it's like Anaheim one is here, and then before you know it, Daytona is upon you, and. Uh, I, I got to make some room reservations and stuff. You and I haven't talked about that, but we got to get that on the, on on the go. Um, But Moto America going back to Daytona, I mean, yeah, there's some things I even know about that 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 will come out eventually. There's there's other storylines right now within Moto America paddock that you and I both know some things about that we've just got to kind of stay quiet to at the moment. Yeah, I know. but uh, but yeah, I'm excited about all that all that stuff that's happening.
0: Yeah, and. Look, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about some Ori news. It's going to be a short one, but we're going to talk about awry news. And we're also going to talk, though, about Supercross Fantasy and what we're going to do. We hinted that we're going to do the Pulp MX Fantasy, and we are, but there's more to it than just that, uh, which kind of ties into our second bit, which is um, if you want to support the channel, Patreon, patreon.com slash we will get you there. If you are a supporter of the channel, uh, we have something special that we're going to announce on this podcast. And, of course, it's for anybody who's going to, you know participate in the Patreon bit and we don't really care like you know how much uh, how much you do know, how much you throw in but um, you know it's 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 gonna be gonna be pretty cool yeah. um, do you wanna get right into it Jay? do you yeah, wanna get right into yeah alright let's let, let's do it then so let's get right into the news presented by Arai <laughs> oh yeah I was thinking about getting some holiday music for this bit but that yeah, would've uh, been good yeah but you know how I do it well you know, if we'd've done I'm it last week
1: it would've been better probably but yeah
0: that's true. That is true. All right, Jay. Well, let's start things off with some news about... Uh, well, yeah, actually, you know what? I should, I should do a read. Okay? For do with three generations, Arai has been making some of the world's best helmets, and of course, Arai Helmets meets all safety standards, but they also pride themselves in a blend of engineering, tech, and human craftsmanship, which makes an Arai Helmet fit better and feel better, which also protects you better. Your head's worth it, people. Go visit AraiAmericas.com for more information on fit and paint jobs. AraiAmericas.com. You owe it to yourself, Especially spending all of that extra Christmas money that you got from your grandparents. Put it on your head and protect yourself. All right.
1: You got to get Jeff on here someday.
0: Yeah, we do. We got Yeah, we do. Because I'm really interested to find out. One of the biggest things we did. Remember, I used to host this show back in the day, Jay, called Two Wheel Tuesday. You remember, remember. that thing? I do. Yeah. And, and our number one show was when we did uh, helmet fitment and how to properly fit your helmet and what it feels like on your face. So we should get Jeff on here to talk about that. And also... Jeff's dusted off his uh, flat track machine. And so he, all oh, of a wow. sudden he's racing flat track again. You know, which like is, which is all good. of our
1: friends that are in the motorcycle industry, especially the guys that do a lot of the writing, you know, writing or, mm-hmm. or stuff for magazines. I still, I get blown away because there's a couple of them that told me about their tour through the Arai factory in Japan. Oh, yeah. And they just said it. It was probably one of the most incredible trips they went on. And when they had originally got kind of told that, hey, you gotta go do this or you gotta go do that, it's like we're not even writing. We're just gonna go to Japan to go to the Arai factory. And they've said that it's like it was like a real deal, like one of the coolest things ever. So we gotta get him on here and see what he could tell us about some of that.
0: Twenty what? I've been in this industry for twenty six years, I think. Yeah. Right. And I've done things for I mean, I used to pr- produce and, and do some little on-air stuff with motorcyclist TV show, motorcyclist yep. magazine, Two Wheel Tuesday. Obviously, I've been a commentator for a long time. I have never been to Japan, Jay. I have scheduled oh, trips, had literally plane so tickets good. purchased, and every trip has been canceled. And Jeff Wheel called me up about two months before they went on that thing, and he said, yep. "Hey,
1: that's your will. You bring your
0: camera and let's do something." And I wow. said, "Oh my god, are you serious?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Hold on a second." He goes, "Oh." Sorry, dude. It's during New Jersey weekend, Moto yeah. America weekend, and he that, knew it yeah. calling me. He did it just to oh, bust my stones, man. Ugh, oh, yeah. dude! No, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I would have loved to gone on that trip.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. We'll get. A There's been some day. trips. Kenny Roberts
0: sure. used to do this trip with a couple guys, and they used to they used to go to Japan for like uh, I think two weeks a year, yeah. and then they would ride motorcycles all over Japan. And Larry, little a bunch of guys, and they invited me to it a couple times, and I, so you know, just too. never were, was able to take them up on it. But anyway, so all right, any Rye news, Jay? For all you Mark Marquez fans, there's some promising news uh, that came out a couple of days ago. His eye condition, known as diplopia, I guess is how you pronounce it. That's when you see two images that are kind of the same thing. It seems to be getting better. Uh, Marquez has been cleared to work out, which is great news. Now, this was something he also suffered back in 2011, which cleared up. But, Jay, the problem is that we know, as anyone ages and injuries happen, that it can just compound itself. So, I mean, it's judging scary. from what you read last week about this thing, which was really brief, like it's yeah. you know, it's satisfactory, I think, is what the press release said. And I was like, wait, is it satisfactory? Or is that kind of like a translation thing from Spanish that translated to satisfactory? Satisfactory you know, what do, what do you to think?
1: do what, though? Live the rest of your life or actually to... Get on a 200 mile an hour motorcycle. I think that's the biggest thing in the concern and how does it help your reactions or I mean there's probably a lot of things that, you know he's got to have all the top guys around him helping him get through whatever, you uh, know, whatever he's got to get through. So but yeah, you, you it definitely starts to question things. Look, the guy still has speed. He won races this last year. Um I think for him he shut it down early just I, for that reason obviously he shut it down, but it's just giving him more t- chance also I think, Greg, to just get healthy. Just just come into the new season with a body that's going to feel a little bit more healthy. Um, the shoulder and all the, his arm, the, the stuff that he's just got to get better. So, um, I mean, what's it been now since he's been off a bike? It's probably been three months since he's been off a bike, right? Two months? I think so. Yeah, so two, two and a half months, somewhere around October. there. October. Yeah. yeah, so two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that, you know, I think they get back on at Sepang, I believe it is, at the end mm-hmm. of January, I think is the test. So hopefully he's. Hopefully he's well enough. I mean, the things that we're hearing about the new Honda, just that I'm reading, sounds like it's definitely a step up. So that's going to probably give him some encouragement as well.
0: Yeah. There's no question about it. Hey, how about this? GP one posted an interview on December 23rd with former Suzuki Moto GP team manager, David Davide Brivio. Brivio said that he is not planning a comeback to Moto GP for 2022, but his formula one contract extension is it's not done just yet. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a good quick read if you find it on, on GP1 but I can say that most of what Brevio had to say revolves around what he learned what he's learning in Formula One that he could take back to MotoGP most of that stuff is like organizational type stuff tech management structure you know that type of stuff
1: Racing sucks so yeah I'm sure he's learning all that <laughs> stuff and it's all full of politics and crap yeah I got it that's perfect he's probably learned a lot he could probably itch he's probably itching to get back to Moto GP. So
0: Yeah, but it's kind of well documented now. I mean, I'm on an email list uh, with Suzuki's MotoGP team, and yeah. the guy in charge of that program, uh, Sunichi Sahara. He he was also I met him before Jay. I thought I thought initially I knew him from Yosh, but he actually didn't work here. He was the project lead for the latest GSXR 1000 or two generations ago. Yeah, and I went to a press launch uh, in um, Phillip Island, and I and I met him there. And uh, he is, he does this like blog for, for the website. And he was basically saying like, look, you know, this whole Brivio leaving caught us out by surprise and, you know, figuring out how to allocate jobs and do all this kind of stuff kind of caught us on our back foot. And it really kind of set the tone for the year with Suzuki. It's kind of something that we thought might happen. And so when rumors started around that Brivio might be looking to get back into MotoGP, you know, everybody, Suzuki fans were like, oh, let's do that. Let's get him back. But yeah. The thing was that was interesting about the interview that I got away from it was that he didn't close the door exactly. He said it's not a possibility now. Yeah. But if his Formula One contract ended up going sideways, I think we could see him back in the mix.
1: Don't you look at um, Suzuki and just kind of like really shake your head at how well they've done for as little as they have? Like when you think about it, they've been a two rider team throughout. They've never had yep. four riders, they've never had mm-hmm. an abundance of data. They've won a world championship with a kid that a lot of people overlooked who I really like Joan Mir. I think he's great. And the fact that that Joan Mir and Alex Rins both gave Brivio so much credit for that championship on how he managed the situation, managed the team, making decisions. Um, you do think about it because we a lot of people don't look at Suzuki like they're a small entity. They're quite obviously they're huge, but in the MotoGP category of things in the world, they're actually really small. Um, just having two riders doing their thing. I mean, essentially pulled, they're, they basically pulled out of every national series that you can pull out of in an official role, haven't they? I mean, so yeah. when you look at things um, as we used to know them in Suzuki Worldwide used to be in every series and were dominant for so long. And now in MotoGP, they've just got two riders. The fact that he won the championship last year on that motorcycle is a, a great credit to Juan Mir, but even more probably to Brivio.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, I would also say Gintoli, Sylvain Gintoli, because 100%. as yeah, a exactly. test rider, you know, yeah. he, it seems like those three, uh, you know, the two, the two GP riders and, and the yeah. test rider seem Rinsen, to kind of go yeah. down the same path. They seem to talk the same language, want the same out of the motorcycles. And I think that that's more critical for that such a small outfit than it would be for like a Ducati, because obviously Great. Ducati's running, you know, hybrid 19s and 21s and, t- you know what I mean? Like stuff's all over the place. And, and it's like it seems like the riders adapt a little bit more to the bike. Uh, so, but yeah, I think they've done an awesome job. It really is a small outfit over there, yeah. you know, all things considered. And I, I can't imagine how much better the Suzuki would be if they did and were able to add just two more bikes to Can their stable. Yeah, it's yeah, it's same wild with those, because yeah. like
1: Ducati's doing the exact opposite, aren't they? They're flooding the grid with Ducatis, and <laughs> and we know how good the bike is and how capable it is. Um, you know, Honda's got what four riders or so on there three or four riders so three yeah yeah four right because yep. they got um nakagami mm-hmm. and alex marquez and, and then the yep. two factory boys so there's just a lot of data that's going around and yeah you look at gintoli um he has done an amazing job but yeah it's it'd be interesting to see if brivio ever comes back
0: so ducati released the v2 il electric bike and jay I don't, I don't know if you saw it i'm sure you did it was everywhere it looks really good aesthetically yeah. anyway now, we're told that the V2 stands for V-twin, even though, you know, it's just like an electric bike. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. there's just a battery there. One stands for the first prototype, and L stands for light. Now, no tech data has been released with this particular bike, but we can tell you that the the Energesia bikes which they're currently using, are 260 kilograms or 573.2 pounds. They make 163 horsepower. They go 0 to 62 or 0 to 100K in 2.8 seconds, and they'll reach a total of 270 kilometers per hour or 168 miles an hour. The reason I'm saying this is because that is the benchmark, and Ducati's goal is to make this bike lighter and to make it faster um what are your thoughts i mean obviously the bikes that were just described are going to be in the series next year ducati's got an entire season to continue to develop this bike the, what are your thoughts did you get thing, to see it
1: it looked sharp didn't it I, just, yeah. I you know greg honestly i kind of once i got back from chuck a week and a half ago i just detached myself from the motorcycle thing a little bit uh just to get away for just a little brief time so i saw yeah. photos of it and i read a little bit about it the stats that you just threw up are, are pretty incredible when you consider these electric bikes as heavy as they are going Almost 170 mile an hour. It's pretty wild. Yeah. So that's why the, the the lap times have been a lot closer than I would have ever thought that they would have been. Sort of three years into development. So Ducati, of course, is going to go that next step, that next level. Try to probably lighten the thing up a little bit and get it faster. And yeah, I, it's it's going to be interesting to see where the electric bike kind of thing continues to to evolve and go to. Yeah, wild, I mean, pretty wild.
0: That you've got to look at the Ducati and say, okay. That bike looks more like a race bike that, you know, it doesn't have. And people, some people made the comment like, oh, there's no winglets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because at this (laughs) point, you know, so heavy,
1: it's not going to go anywhere, probably.
0: It's heavy, number one. Number two, the more drag you put on this thing, the more power output it's going to need to get you to go to speed. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, again, it's in its early stages. You don't just take MotoGP and just slap an electric motor. But one of the things that people don't realize necessarily, Jason, is that. Um, Ducati is owned by Audi and Audi at this point has got heaps and tons of experience in the, you know, electric car market. So you would have to think that some of that technology, some of the people that work in that are are that, that tech goes right into the motorcycle stuff at Ducati. I mean, they're not starting from scratch. So I'm looking forward to the product that they finally release and then to see how, if it's going to be available, because I guarantee you, there's going to be some motorcycle enthusiasts who are wealthy that are going to want to get their hands on that thing and roll Absolutely. around Chuck Walla with it, right? Can you like, Oh, yeah. I would love to, I would love to give that a go, you know. No, it's um, great. Yeah. So JP, uh, there was a Jerez test for the World Superbike Riders that happened uh, you know, while we were away, I guess, over our two yeah. weeks. I mean, our last podcast was the Johnny Ray one, which was a big hit. But Johnny Ray, speaking of him and Alex Lowe's top the charts with Loris Baz on his new BMW M. If you don't know, Loris Baz isn't coming back to the U.S. and he's riding for the Bonovo uh bmw team next year he was in p3 scott redding was in in sixth place on his new bmw xavi vierge put in some laps 74 for eugene laverty clocking in 79 on the last day i mean the times times were scattered jay because it was a test yeah but um did you get to did you get to see any of that testing time or read anything about it because that was before i think right before you unplugged
1: and it was a closed it was a closed test too so um it was right actually Johnny was literally going to the airport the next day, I believe, uh, after he did from our interview. yes. yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, he went over there, and you know, I think I haven't talked to those guys. I haven't talked to Johnny or anything, but you know, the winter test over there, they always seem to kind of produce some pretty fast lap times. But it was close, so we don't really know the full extent of what the lap times like. I don't, anyways, know exactly what they were. Um, I'd seen some, um, I, I'd seen some numbers, but. The thing I took away from it that was a little discouraging, I was bummed to see that like wona crashed the first day, and then he yeah. wasn't able to go. I know that the Kawasaki boys did a day, then they took a day off, then they did their second day, so they went like Monday, um, uh, like a or a Wednesday, Thursday off, Friday test. So um, I think that there was probably there were probably some new motor configurations and some other things that those guys were running and testing. I would guess. Um, the BMW thing is interesting to me. Seeing Baz go as well as he did on it right off the bat, um, we know that we know that Redding's putting in his time on that thing. Also, he's actually somewhere around me right now because I saw I saw an Instagram today of him pedaling out here in California. So, oh, is he? I know he's out here somewhere. But um, and I think the fact that Eugene put as many laps as he did, in, I mean, you got to remember he didn't ride much last year. Uh, he did those last few rounds um, because of Sykes not being there um so he did those last few rounds but his team folded so the fact that Eugene got on a bike and got to put in a full you know a full test I think is encouraging for him also
0: yeah it, it definitely is so that is your news presented by Arai which means Jason you're you got you're up next
1: I see that Greg um you know a few of the websites started their 21 top 10 riders thing and uh as this podcast is ta- taping now actually it's gone up a little bit Greg because I've seen I think they had Vandermark today at 5. But they yeah. have... anea A.F. came in in 10th. And he was 11th in the championships. And KTM's uh, Brad Bender was in 9th. Uh, he was 6th in the championship. So we're talking MotoGP here. I saw, I've been following the World Superbike 1 a little bit. Alaysia Spargro was 8th. And he was 8th in the championship, or 6th. So when you start looking at this, um, how, how, I mean, how would you go about ranking guys? I know who... Like if I look at MotoGP, I think... I think the first two guys are a little bit of a lock. It's pretty hard not to give it to Quattararo, obviously. Um, so Quattararo
0: is your number one, then, you I you would think.
1: say he is. I mean, the thing is is that is it it's pretty hard for me to... The guy was pretty dominant at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And he was a little bit on an island where he was the only guy really doing anything spectacular on the Yamaha. He was most mistake-free, which I think when you look at this category of how you rate riders... I think being mistake-free is such a it's such a key thing because that's how you rack up your points. And you know what they always say, you win on your bad days. And if you can do that and keep the bike upright and keep going around. Now, Bagnaya to me was most impressive, okay? So when I look at it like, who's my number one guy? You can't go against Quatraro. Bagnaya putting, what, five or six pole positions together towards the end of the year and kind of showing everybody that he wants to be kind of considered the number one guy there. And I feel that going into 2022 – Ducati has an idea of who they want to really develop a bike around, you know, like, I don't think that there's any question now that Bagnaia is kind of their guy. Um, but I think from there on that, you, there's a few guys you could put third. But uh, it's interesting to see how they rank guys and, and what they base it off of.
0: Yeah, that was my kind of thing was, was, you know, when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, man, if you just went on, like, gut feeling towards the end of the season. You know I was like there could be a, an argument made for Peko. but I yeah. think at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, you've got to take the whole season into account. You've got to look at what Carteraro accomplished. The fact that he was as fast as mistake free, the amount of races that he did win at the beginning of the season, and the fact that he was doing it on an island no nobody else in the Yamaha was even close. I' to the deal with
1: all the maverick Vinales crap that was going on. he just seemed like it doesn't even care to him. He's like, just get on with it, do his thing yeah and i yeah. and I feel like for me, you know. Yeah, he was just kind of the guy this year. Like he 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 did what he needed to do towards the end of the year. Now say this: we always seem to remember the end of the seasons more than the beginnings. And we, of you know, what I mean? and mm-hmm. and and he was less than anything spectacular towards the end of the year. He had a lot of problems. We heard him complaining a lot about the same problems that the Yamaha had, which almost goes to show me that how focused he was in those races the beginning before he won the championship of. He knew exactly what he had to do and didn't really put a foot wrong. He always found himself on the front row, most of the time in pole position during his run of success. Um, and so, you know, you can't you can't base it off of what you see at the end of the year because if you were to do that, Peco just came on so strong and did everything he could to make the championship go to the end. But he had that slide off at Mazzano, and that was that was kind of what what ended it for him.
0: I I think I, I kind of feel like the beginning of the season, the Yamaha was as good as it was for the rest of the season. Like they didn't really agree, but the bike was that good at the beginning of the season. And then you had, you know, Ducati kind of leaning into it and figuring some things out a little bit as they went along. And I think, you know, maybe some of that had to do with COVID and the riders getting more comfortable with the bike or whatever it was. And that was the jump. That was the advantage. And Hey man, at the end of the season, they collect the most amount of points. And I think the thing the reason why Cuadarraro gets number one for me is even further back than just the season he had just to say, what did the guy do in moto three? What'd he do in moto two? And all of a sudden, a couple short years later in moto GP and he's world champion and it's, and it was freaking legit. And what, know?
1: and the other thing too, going back to that is what he started last year, he finished this year. Like, so last year, mm-hmm. you know, came out of the, out of the, out of the shoot, pretty hot one races, this net, and, and then we just saw him fall off. And then this year, uh, it was kind of it was kind of the opposite. like he wanted to show everybody that it could be sustainable. and it reminded me a lot of SDK this year in 600. you know SDK did so well last year, but let some other things maybe get involved in his mindset. and then this year he came in, never changed the way he thought about his season and what he wanted to accomplish and how he wanted to accomplish it and was 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 strong. and And I think when you go and you look at the world superbike side of things, It's hard to go against Toprak being the guy because he won the championship. And when you think about what he did to do it, you know, beating Johnny Ray, I mean, you can go back. The only thing that bums me out about the Quattraro thing is if he had to beat Mark Marquez, that would just be like unreal, right? Toprak was able to come in and beat Johnny on a year where both had their issues. Both of them had their stuff. Both of them left nothing on the table. The racing at the front was between the two best guys that we had in that championship, right? And and the fact that Top Rat came out on top, you, you have to give it to him um without question. And, and and Johnny by our podcast last week, he's just as motivated to go take that away now. So it really leaves you kinda of going like and World Superbike Scott Redding would definitely be like the third guy. Pretty close third though, because Scott was able to run with those guys just about, you know, in a lot of places too. If it wasn't for his start of the season, where I think that he had a little bit of bad luck and some you know he had a bad home round at Donington, um, but it kind of eliminated him. But man, he 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 pushed to the very end. I mean, two corners from the end of that second race in Indonesia, he was leading. You know, for for a brief brief second.
0: Don't don't you think at this point that the Marquez luster has worn off? I know the first year he was injured, people were like, "Well, Joanne Mir, Marquez wasn't there." Yeah, it just seems like the field is so much faster now that. He's still winning, he winning a win. world title without Mark Marquez is okay. Now that's what, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you to an extent. I think that there's still the purest out there that every time they see Marquez even grab his shoulder in the pit box, like, Oh, his shoulder's still so jacked. Yeah. Your shoulder, your shoulder can be jacked, but it can't be jacked to the point where can still ride And he's still capable of winning. Um, that as he's, he's proven, proven that he's proven mm-hmm. it. So, the thing is, is that sooner or later, yeah, you got to realize the pace that all that they're running. He's there, everybody's breaking lap records and doing things like that. Um, but but I still think that when you beat, when you look across and the guy that's been dominating is still sitting on the grid, you know, hats off to Top Rack this year for doing what he did. And we can look at things and, and look at the rules, you know, and, and I thought. I thought he was pretty candid with his interview with Johnny when he talked about some of the things with, with what they had to do with the Cowie. And that'll be interesting to see if some of that gets changed going into 22 to to level that a little bit, right? Yeah. Um But that, but even then, <laughs> guy was gracious in defeat. And I think that he said, hey, I, I did. we did that. Now we're going to move on and go forward. Scott Redding's the one that I'm interested to see. Because if Scott can get that BMW on pace – And those guys can work together like we saw Yamaha do this year. If you've got those four good riders together that can work together and try to make that BMW package a little bit better, there could be a couple more guys just sitting right there on them.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I know that we have at least what.
1: Wow, crazy.
0: World Superbike is crazy. And the thing about World Superbike is, is like what we saw on paper played out. And that's why it was one of the best seasons we've ever seen. But isn't right? that the did... way you
1: want it to be? Like,
0: of course, no. I mean, look, not to take anything away from Jake Gagne in Moto America, right? But Correct. if you look at that and you go, you know, last year this time we were looking at what's on paper and we're like, oh man, this is gonna be great. Gagne, Skults, Bobby Fong Baz. on the Suzuki, you know, Baz, Baz coming in, you know, Cam Peterson gets his jump, like all that stuff. And then what? Sixteen races or seventeen races? The Gagne won? And a lot of them just we just checked
1: out. That we've forgotten almost, but it's... Yeah. And, and you know, I've talked to some people within the industry, some heavy hitter guys that say the same thing I said, that we'd have probably all lost our house if you just told me that Baz <laughs> wasn't going to win a race.
0: and 100%.
1: And now Loris finds himself back in World Superbike on, on a, a factory BMW, which is fantastic, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and I think it's fantastic for our series that that happened as well. Um, but... But anyways, regardless, when you start looking at how you rate riders, um, there's things that you look at. But I think the cream always rises to the top in that case.
0: It definitely does. All right, Jay, last topic before we roll out of here. Yeah. Beginning January 8th, Supercross begins. Now, in terms of what we're going to do for fantasy, we're going to be doing, for everybody out there, the Pulp MX Fantasy League. You can sign up for free at pulpmxfantasy.com. You search for Leagues, you go to Leagues, and you find the Greg's Garage pod. That's the League. If you've signed up before, you are automatically you should automatically be in the League, but you definitely want to check it out. Um, the link will be in the description of this podcast if you don't remember, but it's pulpmxfantasy.com. It's where you go. Now, this year's prize is going to be a brand new VX Pro 4 motocross helmet of your choosing, uh, you know, they have some kind of you know nifty colors and then a, I think a replica or two, like a Barsha replica or something like that. So Arai wants to, to give away one of their amazing motocross helmets. However, all right, so obviously you can join anything. Anybody, you know, whoever has the highest points is going to win in this one. And I guarantee you that I will not repeat my performance in, in, that I had in MotoGP in Supercross because it is... Staying on top of it.
1: The last four years sh- that we've been doing any kind of fantasy has been so fun because you have stunk so bad, and then all of a sudden this year, like you hit your stride, like mm. you killed it. Tell everybody what I did today. Tell them just so everybody knows. Tell them. Come what do you on. mean? What you? What? What did you get? What did you get from me today?
0: What I get from you today? Yeah. I got some money that you owed me. That's right. Finally, from you know, all the winnings from fantasy backs. this year. Got to yeah. pay him off. Just yeah.
1: I just want everybody to know.
0: That yeah, Jay paid. It, he's paid up. He's paid up.
1: When you make bets, you got to pay up.
0: No, that 100% you have to pay up. And I think actually he gave me a little bit of a vig, too. So I did. I gave you the, I got
1: to pay the vig. You know, you got to do yeah, it.
0: Yeah, he was so, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of a vig, vig in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. got to do it.
0: It's like an extra $8. Hey, look, I'll take it. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I'll take the eight bucks, you know? Good man. Times are tough in the wintertime, bro. I love you know, it. it's the way I it is. It. So All right, but listen up if, again yeah yeah if you're a patreon supporter we got some interesting news for you. We are going to also do the Rocky Mountain ATV MC League for the patreon supporters and I think with Johnny Ray now Johnny hasn't confirmed this with me yet've I've left him a message but I will confirm this with him because if you are part of the patreon supporters and you get into the Rocky Mountain ATV MC League which I haven't started yet but we'll let you know next podcast. You will be eligible for a one-of-a-kind—well, it's not one-of-a-kind, there's plenty of them—but an Arai camo hat that they have here exclusively in the United States, and Johnny Ray will sign it. That's the plan. Okay? So it'll be signed for you if you win. If Johnny wins the league, Jason, which is a possibility, yeah, you and I sign it and give it to him.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. I know that thing will end up in a field somewhere. Dude, you know, you
0: know what I mean? mean? Tie it to a string, put it behind your kid's 50, you know? You I, I'm,
1: I'm excited about this next year because I've got a few World Superbike races circled on my calendar that I'm definitely going to, and there's a couple couple road trips that are going to be really fun this year to go ride some of those tracks over there and go to a couple World Superbike events, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be good. So I'll pick the hat up myself if that's the case.
0: Perfect. So hopefully Johnny agrees to do that. I don't see why he wouldn't. I just haven't been able to get a hold of him. It's the holidays. I was not gonna bug him at all. No, no, no. I'm um, sure he'd do that. But yeah. So so popamaxfantasy.com is the league we're gonna talk about. That everybody, you know, if you're a non-Patreon supporter, you could join it. We're gonna be playing it. It'll be fun. The thing with that league is you got to get on the gas. Get on your phone. Set yourself a reminder. When you sign up, tell them you c- they can send you. I th- that for sure an email comes in. I'm not sure if it texts you. A reminder saying, "Hey, in a couple hours, you got to pick your teams. Pay attention, all right? Riders and supercross—they get hurt. They come in and out. You got to pay attention, especially with COVID on what's going to happen there. Who might be sick? So you got to pay attention there. On the Rocky Mountain ATV MC side, on for the Patreon supporters, you can go in there. Look, you know, if you want to spend a buck a month, five bucks a month, whatever to support the channel, you'll be able to get in on that uh, on that as well. So, yeah, Jay. I mean, look, there isn't a whole lot going on this time of year. Obviously, yeah. we will have one more podcast next week." uh before we get into supercross which starts on the 8th so that'll be good we'll we'll do a little bit of preview there maybe we get uh Wygan on what do you think oh, maybe i God, get Jason so on?
1: good to have weege on here it'd be so fun yeah. yeah yeah i mean
0: his his schedule must be ridiculously busy Same, so we'll just yeah. have to coordinate it i'm what, what's your next week looking like the for you know, the january first week crazy
1: like is so it, it? i've got i i'm i'm pretty happy right now things are uh a little bit settled yeah. My calendar hasn't come out yet and I'm full in January already. Like and we're, I'm gonna be at Chuck Walla for a week. <laughs> so I've got basically Saturday through the next Sunday. I'm gonna be out there for nine days. And um and and we're full, which is great. Oh, like uh, so you're gonna, so you have New SoCal, Year's out there. No no no, we got SoCal starting, I think, on the eighth. So SoCal track days is the eighth and ninth grade. Okay. So I got a couple weeks still. But um I'll leave and go out there on the seventh. Um I might be out there with two little track days on the Friday but for sure, eight nine is SoCal, and then that whole week is motorcycles. So, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. And then they have so to, you'll be there the they, week
0: before Supercross. Okay. Yeah,
1: when does it start? The eighth. Doesn't it start the eighth?
0: The, the yeah yeah yeah. So you'll be you'll I'm be home there, for next week's podcast.
1: Yeah, and I'll be out there for the first round.
0: Okay. All right. So there'll probably
1: cool. be everybody involved, you know, and and I might even think of a <laughs> couple more things to throw into this thing for some uh, for some of our listeners. So
0: some more prizes? Cool.
1: Yeah, I think we need to step up our game a little bit and get more people involved and, you know, maybe do. there's a couple ways we can do this.
0: And maybe we should social media that we're doing this too just to let people know who don't listen to the podcast who maybe listen to it. You know, utilize yeah. technology to help us promote Stuff the that podcast. I'm horrendous at. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm not really great at that either anymore, but you know, what are you going to do? So yeah. Anyway, listen, uh we hope you enjoyed your Christmas time or if you don't celebrate Christmas, this little bit of a break and we certainly hope you have a great New Year's. That'll do it for this podcast. And as always, Jason has the last word heading out.
1: Be safe, everybody, on New Year's. And uh, looking forward to having you all back in 2022. Be be safe, G-Dub.
0: All right, you too, dude. Talk to you soon.